You're listening to a curated podcast from the Beyond Infinity radio program broadcast live on Tuesdays from 11am from our Mornington studios in Victoria, Australia. Listen live on 98.7 or 98.3 FM or stream live from rwpfm.com.au. Presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. Let's get into our science and technology news for the week. Facebook has had a couple of bad weeks. The share price has been down by as much as I think about 15 to 20%. It's mm-hmm. now about 13% down from what it was two weeks ago before yep. the whole Cambridge Analytica story broke and the fact that the 50 million users' data had been uh, misused and yep. compromised. So all this has been in the news. Mark Zuckerberg has been... He's slow to respond. Yeah, yeah, a bit slow to respond. But he did do an interview on CNN, which is posted on our Twitter feed mm-hmm. at beyondinfinity.com.au if you want to see that. In there, he actually did a admit that uh, he thought there should be some regulation, although the kind of regulation he was talking about was the way that advertising is regulated for the print media, for mm-hmm. example, and obviously print media has kind of largely been replaced by digital these days, mm-hmm. but the type of restrictions and regulation that applied there, he said, well, that should probably apply to the digital world as well, mm-hmm. because I think up until now it's been fairly loosely regulated or not at all. So that was one area of regulation that he could sort of see validity to, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe the kind of regulation that Congress and uh, others want is going to be far in excess of the type of thing that he's got in mind. We'll wait and see about that. There's kind of been no love lost over the years between Elon Musk of Tesla and SpaceX fame and Mark Zuckerberg. They've traded barbs over AI. We've talked about on the show before. Musk's attitude is that AI is dangerous, whereas Zuckerberg's a big proponent of it. Elon Musk even wrote that uh, he talked to Mark Zuckerberg about AI and he said, quote, his understanding of the subject is limited. (laughs) Uh, Now, this was a while back. Recently, what's happened is that there is now a campaign called Delete Facebook that has been set up in response to the Cambridge Analytica revelations. Mm -hmm. This has actually been set up by a guy called Brian Acton, who was the founder of WhatsApp, which Facebook acquired for $19 billion several years ago. He's since left Facebook, and last Wednesday he called on people to delete Facebook. So this is a campaign that's... Uh, it's picked that's, up some, some Yeah, steam, gathering yeah. a bit of steam. And I guess that the, the end of the piece on Elon Musk is that he has actually pulled Tesla and SpaceX. Their Facebook pages have been deleted. It was in a short time frame as well. There was a little bit of a, a sort of a throwdown. Uh, someone on Twitter was saying, come on, um, Elon, you can delete this. And within about 40 minutes, I think it was, and the, the main pages were taken down. Right. So he's got the control on the button pretty yeah. closely. Interestingly enough, though, Instagram, which is also owned by Facebook and on which Elon Musk has 6.9 million followers, he's left that one up there. Yeah. So the Instagram account remains, but uh, the Facebook accounts of Tesla and SpaceX have been taken down. Now, just in a related development, the head of Apple, Tim Cook, he's been in China at uh, the China Development Forum. In a discussion there, he said he thought that there should be, quote, well-crafted regulation of personal data. He thought that this was uh, probably necessary in the wake of Facebook's crisis. He said that the ability to learn, quote, every intimate detail of your life through your internet history and contacts shouldn't exist. He said that people were giving up information without understanding what they were doing and that companies were creating profiles that would leave people incredibly offended when they learned the truth. And according to Tim Cook, this has happened more than once. There's some pretty potent comment from an industry heavyweight, Tim Cook, the head of Apple Computer. Now... 
kind of moving away from the social media and the digital advertising space. Australia's CSIRO, the Commonwealth Scientific and Industrial Research Organisation, has announced a partnership with San Francisco-based ocean technology startup Sail Drone to improve measurement and monitoring in Australian waters in the Southern Ocean. What they've done is they are buying a fleet of three catamarans, these sail drones, and be the first time they've been used in Australian waters. They are pretty amazing beasts. They are electric, they're solar powered, they can stay unattended, unmanned out in the ocean for up to 12 months at a time where they can be tasked to assist in science missions including conducting stock assessments of fish and the like, uploading data from subsurface sensors and responding to marine emergencies. Pretty amazing technology. If you want to have a look on them, just do a search for marine research drone and you'll see some photos of these kind of uh, brightly coloured, very advanced looking catamarans. And they've got solar panels. I think they use wind and electric to derive their power sources. They will be collecting information about about sea surface temperatures, salinity, ocean carbon, and providing a a platform for continued development of the next generation of marine and climate technologies. According to the founder and CEO of Australian Sail Drone, a guy called Richard Jenkins, he said that the CSIRO provided a unique opportunity for marine research collaboration in the Southern Hemisphere. I'm quoting here, he said, Autonomy is a key technology for assessing the southern oceans which are understudied due to the rough seas and the limited number of vessels that regularly pass through the region. So exciting development there for the CSIRO, pretty cool gadgets, a great way to monitor remote parts of the ocean. Moving on with the news, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch has been studied recently and it contains up to 16 times more waste than previous surveys have been able to detect. Surveys are now suggesting that, and these ones were conducted in 2015 and 2016, they estimate there's 78,400 tonnes of plastic waste packed into the area almost the size of Queensland. Wow. This and that's surface and subsurface as well. It's not just floating. The main way that they did this latest study was from the air. Mm-hmm. So I'd say it is mainly stuff that's on the surface, mm-hmm. but so there's probably more below the surface. Yeah. The figure is much greater than previous estimates and increased exponentially since the 1970s. And scientists were surprised that uh, most of the mass was made up of larger pieces such as fishing debris. Mm. So lots of nets, yep. you know, like burly nets and stuff, which will be released and just let out there to attract fish for trawlers mm-hmm. that kind of stuff is winding up there and i don't know just from walking along the beaches of the, the mornington peninsula you find lots of fishing stuff washed yep. up dramatic and unsettling news Seventy-eight thousand tons of plastic there and and there's no said, real way to clean it up at this stage either that's right microplastics which account for about eight percent of this mass uh, made up a bulk of the estimated 1.8 trillion pieces of plastic floating on the patch mm. so this is a, a serious issue all countries around the world need to be careful. Apparently about uh, 30% of the identifiable objects in this uh, great Pacific garbage patch, as it's known, actually came from Japan and were washed out of its rivers and shores mm. following the, the 2011 tsunami. tsunami. Mm. So um, that's that's accounting for a large amount of it. And obviously that's something that was beyond anyone's control. They're hoping that, that they will develop technologies to actually clean this up. There's a, an organisation called the Ocean Cleanup Foundation that t- says they'll use the research to develop technologies that should be able to clean up about 50% of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch within the next five years. Wow. So let's hope that they're right with that because that'd, be, uh, that'd be great if they are. And just finally from me before I hand over to John, Spotify reckons that 2 million people have figured out to block ads for free. They're using mm-hmm. ad 
lockers. So Spotify is a music service. And if you want the premium version, you pay about, I think it's in Australia, it's about $12 a month. In America, 10 And that gives you no ads, gets rid of the ads and allows you a bit more control you over the music. You can download it to your phone. Yeah, you quality. can save it onto yeah. your phone, that sort of stuff, which you don't get with the freemium version where you are normally subjected to ads. The reason why this matters is that Spotify is heading towards an IPO. I think later this year, they're going to go to the market mm-hmm. and, uh, and list themselves on the NASDAQ. They are wanting to offer accurate information to investors. So the numbers that they are claiming as their users had to be revised from 159 million around the world down to 157 because 2 million of them weren't paying. Yeah, right. So I imagine go. they might look at some kind of um, stop like with what Netflix does if you're in the wrong country. They might impose a restriction or a limit on the account if they can see that you're using a particular ad blocker or, or something that's stopping those ads. Yeah, there yeah. may be maybe ways around that. That's right. John, what have you got for us? Well, currently up at the Sydney Easter show is a farming exhibition which is specifically around the smart farms of the future. And this is about how to farm livestock with uh, new, you know, with robots and GPS trackers. It's basically act as virtual shepherds so basically there's uh, these robots that can follow the sheep around and then push them in the, the correct direction and that's all using uh, the gps and latest technology there's other tech that's been included which is virtual fencing type systems so there's gps collars that are worn on these sheep and as the sheep approaches a restricted area then uh, there's a sort of a noise or a feedback system uh, back to the the animal right and then that directed in an alternate way it really is is trying to modernise agricultural industry, which is, you know, they're struggling. Obviously, Australia is the, the land of, you know, floods and fires and mm. drought. And mm. farming can be difficult, but it can also be a very, obviously, very beneficial. So looking to what we can do in the future, particularly with uh, with technology to improve the farmer's life. Uh, there's a lot of repetitive tasks, for example, mm. that, uh, that can be done, you know, whether it be feeding uh, the livestock or watering the ground. So if you've got the opportunity, uh, head into the, um, you know, the Sydney show. We'd love to hear your feedback if there's anything that you that stands out for you moving right along google chrome is about to provide an update which will help stop these annoying autoplay videos they drive you crazy one of my pet hates is when you go to a website and you know just out of nowhere this video just starts playing and then you'll go to another page you'll be in a different tab and you'll still hear the audio from the thing going on the other page and uh, Google has recognised that this is a problem Mm. so in the next update which is version 66 they'll include changes which will mean that there's a few settings that you would need to allow for it to autoplay otherwise no that's it you won't be allowed to autoplay now there's obviously going to be a few things around that if websites are not deemed as too inappropriate with the way that they use this system then it may not be auto-played if there's sites that just basically blatantly just push this video on you and uh, very loud for example audio that will be one of the first to go which is a welcome sign from Google Good Chrome news. just finally from me Samsung Pay has connected the four big banks into their sort of NFC payment system mm. so we know that the big banks for example CBA Commonwealth Bank of Australia they have their own app which you know is a way for Android users for the payment systems and I know that there is Google Pay and some of the banks have been uh, yeah, will, will be incorporated here. Mm. Fortunately, Samsung has been able to get all of these together. Which is interesting because yeah. Apple tried to and, and the only one that Apple's t- teamed up with is the ANZ. And that's really because the banks want to have more control over the app yeah, and yeah. Apple have said, no, you use our system and you do it this way or not at all. It's those yeah. transfer payments and they're micro payments, but it's what, the, it's what the banks make out of those little, every time you tap, you know, there is a little money, bit of money that they make 
and Apple was, was eating into that a bit too much. So it was only ANZ that agreed. But it sounds like Samsung have, have been able to get around that that issue of who gets what. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that uh, NAB was sort of the last of the party. I'm not sure if they had previously had their own NFC ability of mm. if they'd partnered with Google Pay. But now with this, it means that NAB customers can, uh, if they've got a Samsung device, that is, they can mm. use the Google Pay. Okay, so this is not just system. this is not all Android devices. This is only Samsung devices running Android. Yeah, look, if you've got Android Pay, Google Pay, I mean, they've changed names a couple of times now. Mm. There's a lot of different banks that, yes, you can add your card into that system and yep. you can use that. Yep. I have tried with my Commonwealth Bank card and that has not worked on the Android Pay system for whatever reason, I'm not sure. Right. Samsung Pay has effectively created these agreements with the major four banks that allows the NFC payment system, the tap-and-go system, to be used on a Samsung phone, which is a good step forward for Samsung. Not right. so great for other Android users that may want to use this, but yep. so maybe that might help your decision on uh, which phone to get next. Yeah, all right, no worries. Thanks, John. Thanks for listening. And head to beyondinfinity.com.au for the best bits from the live show or to connect with us on social media. We welcome your feedback and suggestions for future shows.